While we're in the series called Rewire, this is part three of our series. If you've missed any um, of the different parts, I encourage you to go online, listen to it. Some of the, there's some great teaching that's going to help you choose the very best for your life. Um, what, what does rewire mean? It means to make a lasting and usual beneficial changes to the neurological and psychological functioning of a person or, or their brain, right? And so basically it's about that God's given us the ability to change our mind. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, and, and say to them, when I came in here this morning, I didn't want to sit next to you. But I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. Come on. I've changed my mind. Some of you guys are still looking like, I'm not sure if I've changed my mind yet. I was a bit scared that 180 is not going up because I'm going to share some things about my past and my kids are still in here. And so that's going to be scary. And so when I was a little kid, um, believe it or not, I was a little naughty. Okay, you, you kids, just, my kids just block your ears. I wasn't naughty. But just for you guys, I was kind of naughty. Anybody naughty when you're growing up? All right? And I, when I was a little kid, I used to steal things. I'm sorry, yes. When I was four, I stole a car. It was this big. Actually, um, I went shop when I would go shopping with my mum. And at our shopping centre uh, we, in Mangere, we had a toy world. And, um, and so my mum would drop me off at the um, local shopping center um, daycare, which was Toy World. She goes, go and have a look at the toys, then, then she'll go off and do her shopping. Okay, so anybody do that before? Drop your kids off in, in a random toy store so you can do shopping. Yeah, anyway, the old days, the old days. Um, but I remember, like, I saw chocolate in the supermarket and I wanted it. My mum said no, but I took it anyway. And so she sat down in the middle of the Mangere Town Center and I hid behind a pillar and I thought, I'm going to get rid of this evidence. So I ate it, and it was all gone. And I walked back to my mom, and my mom says to me, where'd you get that chocolate from? And I was like, what chocolate? She said, the chocolate all over your face. <laughs> this is, remember, this is the old days. This is back before the anti-smacking law came in. So my mom, she, she gave me this little pat on the, on the bottom. And as she patted, it was amazing. As she patted my bottom, my legs went flying in the air. It's like, <laughs> pat, whoosh. <laughs> right in the middle. Back in the old days where you got to go to the town center and you see some mum lose it on the kid. Uh, okay, anyway, I'm so glad that it's not like that these days. Well, anyway, let's fast forward. Let's fast forward. I'm now an intermediate. I'm my son's age right there, Te Pare. I'm your age. And I was like, I saw these ninja stars, toy ninja stars, and they had little suckers on it, and you could throw it and it'll stick to the glass, right? And I thought, I really want that, and I haven't got any money, so I took it. My little brother, who was with me at that time, saw me do this, and we went into Food Town. Remember Food Town? <laughs> went into Food Town, now called Countdown. And um, he saw a comic book, and because he saw me steal this toy ninja star, he decided to steal the comic book and put it underneath a shirt. And for my kids, that's Uncle David. Yeah, that's right. He's a thief. <laughs> and <laughs> we get back home. And I'm playing with my ninja star, throwing it at the, at, the, at, the, at the window, as you do, you know, throwing it at the window. And my little brother comes up and goes, oh, Ants, can I, can I play, play with your, your, your toy ninja stars? And, and like every big brother, I said, no, get lost. <laughs> and he runs to my mum and he daubs me in. And all I hear is, Anthony! And I said, oh. And, and, and I stood before my mum, fair and trembling, before her. And she says to me, 
did you steal those ninja stars? And I realized, I looked at my brother and I was like, in my mind I was thinking, snitches get stitches. Do you know that? Snitches get stitches. If I'm going down, you're going down. And I told my, I told my brother it, and I felt a lot better that both of us got a hiding that day. A <laughs> lot better. But if, you're, if you've got some kids and they, and they steal and, they, and you're a bit worried, you maybe think you're a bad parent. Like, I'll like, just like to say, I don't steal anymore. In fact, that was the last time I ever stole. In fact, the moral of the story is don't steal. Okay? My mom kind of beat it out of me. But... But I went on to become a senior pastor. Isn't that okay? That's, that's good. My brother, Uncle David, he is now a police officer. Okay, there's hope. There is hope. There is hope. Um, basically, uh, what I want to share about, uh, I used to talk to the youth group when I used to be the youth pastor. And I used to say to them, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Because who are the people that you're hanging around with? What kind of influence do they have on your life? And, and when I was growing up, my brother looked to me as the main influence of his life, and he would follow what, my, uh, what I did. In fact, my brother shared a testimony that kind of like, I didn't really realize that, but he always looked up to me, and he wanted to be just like me. And I said, well, it's kind of hard because there's only one good-looking um, son in the family, and I, I don't know how you can do this. Um, but in his testimony, he shared that how when I became a Christian, it, it inspired him so much that he sought to become a Christian himself. And so, and so we, can, we, are, we can be positive influences or we can be negative influences. It is totally up to you what you choose. But if, where do you want to be in two years? What do you want to do in two years? Look at the people that you're with or that you hang around with. They're either going to get you there or they're going to take you off path. But at the end of the day, you have 100% control of every decision you make. But be careful, though, that influence you in ways that's going to lead you off path. And, and I love Paul, because Paul begins to, to, um, to lay down this, uh, this uh, God's purpose for our life, that begins to lay down how you can choose the very best for your life. And, and so when you read the book of Romans, from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 11, Paul begins to outline there, there are things that only God can do for you, and there are things that you have to do. But from chapters 1 to 11, he shares, this, this is what God can do. This is what God can do for your life. This is, what, this is, this is the only thing, only God can do this for your life. Uh, and, the, and it goes on to say that, that, that because of your sin, that um, your life has been, your eternal destination is going to lead you to a place of damnation. But because God loves you so much that, that God decided to take the punishment upon himself, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that the guilt and condemnation that should have been ours, in fact, uh, our eternal destination was changed because of what Jesus has done for us. And that's something only God can do. We can't do that. Only God can do that. And then he, then he begins to change tact in Romans chapter 12. He goes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And he begins to outline this. So this is from chapters 1 to 11, this is something only God can do. But from chapter 12, this is something that you can do. This is something that you can do. And I love how, how Paul lays this out. It's kind of a bit of a revelation even to ourselves, how he puts it out. that It starts off with, this is what God can do for you, but this is what you can do. And Because religion will put it the other way. In order for God to love you, you've got to do this. In order to, and for you to be accepted by God, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. 
But when we read Romans chapter 1 to 11, God's already loves you. God's already said that you're his son. God has already said that you're his daughter. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, that you're already accepted. There's nothing that you can do um, that can take you away from God's love. This is something that only God can do, and he's already accepted you. But he goes on this, then he goes on to verse 12. But this is, what you, this is what you can do to begin to live a life in response to God's mercy and God's grace. So we don't, we don't need to change to get this. You don't need to change for God to love you. Because he already does. He already does. He already loves you. He's already accepted you. You don't need to change, but my response, my response for what God has done leads me to a place where, where I live a life that is holy and pleasing to Him. See, I, I come to church on Sunday not because I have to come to church, not because, oh, you're the senior pastor, you have to come to church. I don't come to church because I have to come to church. I come to church because I want to get deeper in God. This is my response, my response for His great love and His great mercy. You know, when I read the Word of God, I don't read the Word of God because I have to read the Word of God. I read the Word of God because it's my response for what He's done. I want to get deeper and, and, and find out God's will for my life. You know, that's my response. When, I, when it comes to time of worship, I don't just, I, you know, I, I lift my hands and, I, and, I, and I, I get a bit crazy from time to time, but, but that's my response for what God has done for me. That is my response. What is your response this morning? For what God has done for me, His great mercy and His great grace, you know, my response is, is yes and amen. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That is my response. There's something that only God can do. There's something only you can do. Because only God can change your heart. But only you can change your mind. But before Paul goes into our behaviors and how do we change our behaviors, he goes on to say that we need to renew our mind because I cannot change my behaviors without first addressing my thinking. There, it's a response to something that I have to do, something that I need to rewire the way that I think. And verse 2 goes on to say, do not conform to the patterns of this world. See, when, you, when Paul uses this word, do not conform to the patterns of this world, it's really one Greek word that means uh, the aims and aspirations of this current age. It's not just, it's not just a surface level change or, or copying. It's not like when I, when I used to read this passage, I thought, oh, you know, I do not copy the, the, what everybody else is doing in the world. Don't, you know, you wear your hair like this, just cut it off. You know, that's better that way. Um, uh, don't copy what everybody else is wearing or what, what mu music or, or everybody, the, the world is doing this. Don't copy. It's actually deeper than that. It's not uh, what they're doing. It's actually don't copy what is your motivations. What is the reason why you're doing it? Don't, uh, don't begin to do things or copy uh, what the, the reasons why the world do it. That, that is not your reason. Your response is that I'm living my life um, in such a way because of, of the great mercy and grace of what God has done for me. This is my, 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 my motivation. This is why I do what I do. See, God has given us a mandate to change the world, but I cannot change what I'm conforming to. See, how can you reach your friends and family if your life looks, looks 
exactly the same as theirs. The only difference between you and them is that on Sunday morning, they sleep in, get to watch the All Blacks, and you come to church. So how can we change the world if, if we, how can we change the world if we're conforming to what the world looks like? Do you know God is far less concerned for what you do, and He's more concerned with why you're doing it. Yeah. To be accepted, who's more important, what God thinks about you, or what other people think about you? Yeah. Verse two: Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, changing our hearts is God's job, but it's up to us to change our mind. But the way we hear God's voice is not through some heavenly clouds, but it's, it's when we begin to renew our mind. It's when we begin to align our thinking with the mind of Christ. See, every day we've got to make a choice to align our thinking. This is my response for what you have done. But when, when Paul says to renew your mind, it's not, it's not talking about making a subtle change or making a tweak. Have you ever renovated your house before? You know, if I say, look, I've renovated my house, but all I did was change the curtains. That's not renovating a house. If I said to Paul, I'm going to renovate the, the kitchen, and I just do the dishes. <laughs> That's not renovating my kitchen. And so when Paul says renew your mind, he's not just saying making little tweaks. I just don't swear every single day, just every other day. <laughs> he says, renew your mind. It's, re it's renovating. It's taking out the old. It's taking out the old and putting in the new. Then he goes on to verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And sometimes we look at that verse and it's saying, oh, okay, let's not think too highly of ourselves. And, 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 um, but, but, it, but Paul's not exactly saying that because he goes on to say, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each, each of you. In other words, when you go through life, make sure they're actually waving at you before you start waving back and you realize they're waving at the person behind you. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Someone's waving and you wave at them and then you realize it's not for you and you're like... Wow, it's just got your head right now. I remember we had a family trip to the Gold Coast, and we went to the Australian Zoo in the Sun, Sun, Sunshine Coast. And there was this, and you know, they do the bring out all the animals, you know, and they're doing the show. And, and I was sitting down with our family, and, and then and they go, we're looking for volunteers. And then everybody, and I thought, oh, I'll volunteer. And I put my hand up like this. And then the, the lady goes, oh, yeah, yes, you. And points in my direction. Yes, the, the one with the hat. Yes, you. And I, was going, and I was like, me? Me? And I was, like, I was really excited. I was like, oh, oh, wait. Oh. And I, I, I turned to him. Porter, I was like, Porter, could you hold my phone? Could you hold my wallet? Could you hold my stuff? And she goes, why? Why? He goes, oh, because she's calling me to come to you. He goes, um, he's, she's pointing to the kid next to you. And, there's this, and, and the lady's like, oh, I actually mean the kid because this is a kid's show. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, you better go. You better go. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we need to realize that it's not all about you. <laughs> However, he's not saying, he's not just saying, you know, and sometimes we, we go the other way because he says with sober judgment and because humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. But sometimes as believers, 
we, 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 go there, we think humility is about like saying, well, I'm not good enough for this. And we step away. Paul's not, and, and sometimes we, when God's calling you to lead a connect group, God's calling you to step out and go, oh, well, oh, who are me? I'm not worthy. Oh, I've only been saved two seconds. Who, 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 who am I? And we step, step away from it. But, um, but Paul's saying, no, 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 look. God has called you. It's time for you to step into your potential. Yeah. We can either go one way too high where we think too highly of ourselves, or we go the other way and we think too less of ourselves, yeah. and, we, and we don't step into our potential because yeah. we think that, oh, maybe I shouldn't. I, I, I'll sit back and I'll just be quiet. But God is calling you to step out. Verse 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. Turn to the person next to you and say, we belong to one another. Come on. Turn to them like you actually mean it. Where, like, uh, you know, like, don't just look in like, uh, do I, I don't really want, I didn't want to sit next to you in the first place. But, but turn to them like, we belong to one another. I've changed my mind. We belong to one another. I've been, um, I, I, every time I, I've been excited about our, our learning to speak Māori, our te reo classes on, on a Tuesday. And I've been to three classes and, and some of the, the younger guys are teasing me because they, they, they almost feel like, I think I know, that I feel like I'm an expert. I've only been in three classes. And I, know, I can string a few words together. Um, but when I read this passage, it really took me to this powerful Māori word, whakawhanaungatanga. Whakawhanaungatanga. We are connected. We are family. We belong to one another. Whakawhanaungatanga. I'm going to say it again because I, like I, like I own that word. But, it's, but we belong to one another. That's who we are. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, even now, the interns are thinking, look, you've only been in three classes. You think you can speak Māori. Um, but uh, like one time I went on a mission trip to Vanuatu. I went there for two weeks and I came back and all of a sudden I was speaking pidgin English. I was like, yumi hamamas blong big fella Jesus. Hold him hand belong me. Now walk about we go. And I'm going, you've been in two weeks, you think you speak the language? Well, what, what I actually did is we sang the song every day, and I just pretended that I could say it, but it was actually a song. You me have my blong, big fella Jesus. You me have my blong, big fella Jesus. Hold him hand belong me. Now walk about we go. Hey, hold him hand belong. Okay, anyway, let's carry on. We belong to one another. We belong to one another. See, the way that the parts of our brains are connected is through neuropathways that form networks. That's the way it is. Those neuropathways, they're formed through new thoughts and experiences. So when it comes to our brain, which is different to our mind, our mind and our brain is different. Our mind drives our brain. So our mind, when we have thoughts and experiences, it begins to, to affect our brain in such a way that it forms neuropathways that connect each other. And it forms this network that we have in our thinking. So the network, so our network in our brain is established through our thoughts. Because our thoughts, our mind, drives our brain. But when it comes to our mind, Paul kind of argues the opposite to this. That the networks, our external networks that we have, influences our thoughts. So the one way to change our thought or our thinking is by changing your network. 
Who are the relationships in your life? Who are the relationships in your life? Because if you think about it, if you're still hanging out with Jimmy and Jimmy is cynical, no wonder you're still cynical. Cynical. If you're feeling discouraged and you're hanging out with Sally and Sally keeps discouraging you, I think it's time for you to change your network. I think it's time for you to change the people that you're hanging around with. Because if, if God's called you to go in a certain direction, but that your current network is leading you on a path that, that you shouldn't be going, I think it's time to upgrade your network. I think someone, God is speaking to somebody right now and says, it's time to upgrade your network. I'm not saying that, that you have to go and delete your contact list on your phone. I'm not saying that at all. But I wonder... I wonder if there are people that you need in your life that, that will begin to encourage you and build you up rather than pull you down. I wonder if there's a new network that God wants you to be connected with today. See, my heart for this church is not just to come here on Sunday and then go home again, but our heart is for you to get connected in, in a loving community, to get, get connected with one another because we belong to one another. See, only God can change your heart, but transformation in your life requires you to get connected and be part of a network. That's why we have connect groups. So you can belong to one another, so you can be in environments where people begin to encourage you and build you up and, and speak life into you. Where people, uh, an environment where you can begin to bring it all into the light to be encouraged. You know, when me and Portal first moved to Hamilton all those years ago, um, we didn't have any friends. I know, we're very likable people. We moved to Hamilton from Auckland. We had no friends. We knew no one in Hamilton. Uh, we weren't in a good place, relationally, financially. Our family was struggling. We were just being held together by I don't know what. But then we discovered Elam. We discovered a home. And what could have been the most destructive time in our life became the most fruitful. God began to show us our purpose. He began to show us our calling. And the way that God changed our thinking is that He gave us a new network. And we got connected with people in this church who began to encourage us and speak life into us. People that are still in this place, we've got Don and Shirley at the back, got connected. I was thinking, whoa, if Santa Claus is here, I want to come too. <laughs> In fact, um, Alex Neary, one of, our, uh, one, of our, one of the missionaries that have gone, he's now working up in Auckland with the South Elam Church. He said, he made a comment, goes, I know this is the church because Moses comes here, you know. Uh, but it's, it's changing our network. And we met the McGregors, Lois and Peter, Mike Cook. We got connected God changed our network. People began to speak life into us, began to believe in us when we didn't believe in ourselves. And that was 15 years ago. Here we are today. You know, I really believe God is calling some of, you, some of us to change our network. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. A lot of us know this verse really well. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not Neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. 
Come on. It's time to upgrade our network. It's time to encourage one another. It's time to get connected. You know, the writer of Hebrews, they understood that we are community. We are community. We, we belong to one another. We belong to one another. They understood this. Our, see, the vision, our, our vision for this church is real love serves. Our heart is that everyone will be part of a loving community because we belong to one another. I think of Michelle Foster. She was up here. She, where, where she is in this room right now. This she is right there. Come up on the stage and, 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 she was, and she had this reverse praise report. But she goes, you know what? But I've finished reading a whole chapter in the Bible. All these things are happening. But God, what seems in, in the natural, the, these things are happening in my life. But in the, in, in the supernatural, you know, God is moving in my life. And, and I've read a whole book. You know, when she, two years ago, Mother's Day, she got saved in this church. My wife was preaching. She was preaching up a storm. I think, Porto, you need to preach some more. Maybe we should switch. You, you preach, I'll song lead. You, me, I'm a mask, long, big fella, Jesus. Okay. You, me, I'm a mask, long, big fella, Jesus. Hold a man, long, me, now, walk about, we go, hey, you, me, I'm a mask, long, big fella, Jesus. Fire. Okay, okay, let's move on. If I was in Papua New Guinea, everybody be up, praising right now. And she came in and Puddle was preaching a message about how your greatest trials can become your greatest triumph. About taking off the veil that we spend our lives hiding because, because of our shame and, and what, what we've gone through. But it's time for us to take off our veil. It's time because we, and her message was, we belong to one another. You know what? I suffer through anxiety. Well, me too. But this is how God has taken me through because we belong to one another. To Michelle, she heard that message and it transformed her life. She came to know Jesus and her and her husband, they, go, they began to lead two connect groups and they began to create environments where people can come on in and sit down and they said, we struggle with these things. They said, well, me too, but this is how God has transformed our lives. He took a mess and He made a masterpiece. If He can do it for us, He can do it for you because we belong together. We belong together. Me too. You know, I just want to say so. I don't want to offend anybody. As soon as you say that, everybody's ears pop up. Sometimes as, sometimes as the true believers, sometimes we can feel so arrogant to think that I don't need anybody. I've got it all together. I don't need anybody. Maybe there's somebody sitting in the row that you're in right now that's in a place where you used to be. But because we've been so selfish for how God has, has overcome in our life that, that we'd want to share with somebody that needs you who's crying out. I'm in a place right now and, I, and, I, and I'm crying out. We belong to one another. It's time to take off the veil. It's time to say, me too. I've been there. I'm not going to be selfish anymore how God has overcome in my life. Because we belong to one another. Revelations 12, 11 says this. They triumph over Him by the blood of the Lamb. That's something only God can do. And by the words of their testimony, that's something we're called to do. 
because we belong to one another. I'm going to declare it's my response for what God has done, but I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm going to, I'm going to encourage somebody who's going through exactly the same thing that I've been through because, because I'm the hope to the world because God has called me because we belong to one another. This is my response. This is my response for what God has done. If He's done it for me, He can do it for you because we belong together. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've got to change the way we see ourselves and begin to see the way God sees us. For some of us, we need to upgrade our network. For some of us in this room, it's God is calling you to lead a connect group. You know, your greatest trials are now your greatest triumphs. It's time to begin to let your light shine because it encourages other people to let their light shine also because we belong to one another. Come on, church, let's pray. Father God, I just pray for, for people in this room who are struggling to renew their mind. They're still holding on to things. And Lord, I just pray that may you begin to go into their lives and begin to renovate their thinking. Yeah. Father, we submit to you. May we rewire and reconnect with you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us to belong to one another. I pray, Lord, Father God, for people in this room to find an opportunity where we can encourage and bless somebody else. Lord, you've set us free. Lord, you've called us to begin to reach out to other people because we belong to one another. Fucker for knowing the tongue. We're connected. Hallelujah. Amen.